Jesus in our experience? How does it work in our lives? What does the word of God says about the blood of Jesus? Because you said sometimes, you know, people go around and they said, I plead the blood, or, you know, the blood of Jesus. But what, what does that mean? What does that mean? How do we apply the blood of Jesus? And if we go back in the Old Testament, we'll find out in Exodus chapter um, um, 12, where God, um, the children of Israel, was in bondage in Egypt. And in Egypt, they were under great pressure in their lives. And God sent Moses, and Moses, um, to go down to Egypt. He says, I wanted to go uh, down to Egypt, and I wanted to deliver the people out of bondage. And you got to understand what is going on. For 430 years, these people have been under the influence and under the pressure of the Egyptian government and, and, and the empire that existed at that time. And so, just understand that people who been in bondage for such a long time. Sometimes even the message of freedom um, does not resonate the kind of way it should. But yet God says, I've heard the groanings and the cries of the people and I'm sending you down there to, to, to let them go. But it, it's not going to be easy because you will get opposition, first of all, from the leader that are there. The Pharaoh would be in opposition to you. And not only that, but the very people you're going to deliver, they will not believe you. But I wanted to go, and I don't want you to go in words only. I wanted to go in power. Because I want to tell you something, that the church of God cannot be in words only. It cannot be in words only. Paul puts it this way. My preaching and my teaching was not just in man's wisdom. But my preaching and teaching came to you in the power of the Holy Spirit. That means there is a manifestation. And I tell you something, there are some people who will not believe until they see the power of God. Because manifestation is important. And God says, when you go, I want you to display my powers first of all before the people who I am sending you to. I wanted to display my power. And then I wanted to display my power before the, 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 the king or, the, or, or Pharaoh in that land. I wanted to display my power. Because by my mighty hand, by my mighty hand, I will deliver the people out of Egypt. By my mighty hand. Not just by my mighty word, but by my mighty hand, I will deliver. And I'm telling you something. God is about to express himself in this moment and time. Not just by good preaching, but by the demonstrative power of the Holy Ghost. And we must get ready for that. And so, and so Moses went and he spoke to the elders and then he demonstrated to, to Pharaoh. And he says, Pharaoh, I wanted to let my people, let God people go. You got to let them go. And of course, you know the story quite well. You know, Moses resisted and all kinds of plagues came on the people uh, of Egypt. And I'm telling you that it was something else. And in spite of all of that, Pharaoh says, I will not let go of the people. God says, I have one more act. I have one more act. And this act is not just for Pharaoh and his people. But this act 
will be a memorial, will stand forever in terms of speaking about who I am and my relationship with you. This act I'm about to do will make a mark on both in history and upon generations forever. And he said, I want you to tell Pharaoh. Tell Pharaoh and tell your people. He says, this last act, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass over the land and I'm going to destroy and kill every firstborn. Every firstborn of Egypt. But God says, watch this, God says, the way I am coming, when I come, if you are not covered, although you are my people, if you are not covered, you'll be destroyed too. So he says, I want you to tell your, the people, the people of God, the ecclesia. I want you to tell them, I want you to tell them to take a lamb and a ram, and I want you to kill it. I want you to pour out the blood in a basin. Watch this. Pour out a blood in a basin and take a hyssop, a hyssop plant, which was a common plant that was all over that area. And I want you to use it. And I want you to make sure that every, I mean, I mean, head person of the home, the man of the home, take the hyssop, dip it into the basin and make sure you sprinkle Make sure the blood is on the lintel and on the post. And I want you to look at this because it's very important for us to understand what God was trying to, to, to say to the people. First of all, the, 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 the lamb had to be, um, um, in essence, blameless. Couldn't have any fault. It was preserved for a couple days and examined to make sure it reached the requirement that God had placed down. And then he said to them, kill it on that day and make sure you cause, you take the blood and put it over the lintel and over the post, but not on the threshold. Because the blood should never be walked on. Are you listening to me? And he says, I wanted to take, but watch this, watch this. Because the application of the blood demands obedience. Because the blood in the pan, the blood being shed and in the vessel did not do any good to them. Because that's why we got to understand that the blood of Jesus being shed, if it's not applied, it means nothing to us. Are you listening to me? God says, take the hyssop and I want you to make sure you smear it over the lintel and the post because... It is important you do it because the blood must be applied. And anywhere the blood is not applied has no guarantee for protection. There's no protection. And so the Bible tells us, the Bible tells us in, in 1 Corinthians 5 verse 7 that Jesus Christ is that lamb, the Passover lamb. Jesus is the Passover lamb. He shed his blood. The blood in essence went to the basin. The basin. And therefore, in the same way in the Old Testament, for them to be covered they had to apply. 
for them to be covered they had to apply their application was with the hyssop applying it over the doorposts and God says during the time of the Passover I do not want anybody to leave their home stay within where the blood has covered and that's why I'm telling you and there is no protection outside the covering of the blood of Jesus there's no protection you become vulnerable to all kinds of things if you're not within the blood and so and so John says the angels said to John in Revelation chapter 12 and verse 11 he says, they overcame him. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb. Watch this. By the blood, they overcame him. Him who? Him, the adversary. Him, the devil. Him that is against you. Him that, that have exalted himself as if he is all in control over this earth and have dominated the lives of men and women. He says, they overcome him. And who are they? They are those who have put their trust in what he has done on the cross 2,000 years ago. Them that believe in the power of this blood. But the next part says, he says, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And the word testimony there means to speak of, speak of what has been done. Speak of in terms of what God's word says, what God's word says, what God has done and what God's words said. That's how we testify. It's the testimony of Jesus. The testimony. We testify of what he has done. So therefore, how do we apply the blood of Jesus? How do we apply it? We apply it, we apply it by our confession. The word of our testimony. And the testimony of Jesus is the word that he has spoken and has given to us. Given to us. And therefore, we have to speak what God has said and what he has done. Anybody hearing me today? And that, and that is why Hebrews chapter 3 says, verse 1 says, that he is the high priest. Of our confession. The high priest of our confession. That simple means. Whatever we confess. According to his word. He is the one as the high priest. That brings that word to the father. And said father. You got to do this. Oh God. Because it's based on your word. And what you have done. And so that's why the devil. Want to keep you and I. Silent. Are you listening to me? Keep you silent. Why? Because you apply the blood through confession. Just like the, the children of Israel, they apply the blood by the hyssop. 
We apply it by our confession. We testify what the blood means and what the blood is in our life. We testify. And of course, the next part of it is very important. And they love not their lives even unto the death. I found out that the greatest priority and should be the number one priority of every believer is not just the preservation of life. Should not be the first priority. The first priority is to do the will of God. And the will of God may cost you your life. Nobody not talking to me today. I said the will of God, because many people, we don't want to die. We don't want to die. But anybody who is enlisted in the army, United States Army, or the Jamaican Army, they know that the possibility exists that they may have to give up their life. Let me tell you something. When you know and you're not afraid of dying, the enemy has no power over you. For, for me to live is Christ and to what die is again. So if, oh my God, if I die, it's all right. Are you listening? Actually, it's a transition. So smooth. Because if I'm absent here, I immediately present. Are you listening to me? I mean, Paul was so, Paul was so bold. Paul says, look here. I mean, I, I want to go. I want to go. My desire to go. Most, most people want to stay. Paul said, I want to go. But I'm just putting it off. I'm putting it off for a while. Because, because, because of you. I want you to be edified. I want you to, to be built up in God. I, I want you to experience some things in your life. So I'm putting it off. But my real desire is to go and be be with my, for it is better to be there than here. But I'm here today because of his will for my life. I, I want to see some more people saved. I want to see some more people born again. I want to see more people built up and grow up in God. So how do we apply the blood of Jesus? How do we apply the blood? First of all, we said we apply by our confession. So there's what I call sevenfold application of the blood that we can, we can apply through our confession. Ephesians 1 verse 7 tells us, it says, in whom we have redemption through his blood. In whom we have redemption through his blood. So I am redeemed by the blood of of Jesus. I'm redeemed. And redemption means to buy back. To buy out of slave market. To buy from one for oneself. But not for slavery. Are you listening to me? And so he bought us out of the slave market. The price for you was not set by the devil. God was the one who set the price. Are you listening to me? Because we know that the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. And that's why Jesus had to die. Because, because, watch this. Because the price could not be paid if the price was not equal or more. No, 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 but 
It had to be equal or more. And you and I know that when Jesus died, when Jesus died, he fulfilled the price and more. Because when Jesus went to the cross, he not only paid for the sin past, but he paid for the sin present and he paid for the sin in the future and that is why I can have confidence that it does not matter oh God what happened to me in the future I am also covered because of the blood so I have redemption through the blood so the application is that I have to say that I am redeemed by the blood. Look at Psalm 107 verse 2. And they're going to give you in the NLT version. Look at Psalm 107 verse 2. I mean, they can put it up there for me. 107 verse 2. Because I wanted to see something. 107 verse 2. He says, 107. Says the redemption. 107. All right, let me, let me read it here. He says, let the redeem of the Lord say so. Let the redeem of the Lord do what? Say so. Hear what, hear what the NLT says. It says, has the Lord redeemed you? It's a question. Has the Lord redeemed you? Has the Lord redeemed you? Then he said, then speak out. Speak out, confess, say, through the blood of Jesus, I am redeemed. Through the blood of Jesus, I am redeemed. But watch, watch, watch what he says further. Tell others, tell others, he has redeemed you from the hand of the enemy. He says, tell others. Not only say it to him. Not only say it in the air. But he says, say it to another. I am redeemed from the hand of the enemy. The enemy has no right over me through the blood of Jesus. Are you listening to me? So when others want to come and put all kinds of things on me and say what can happen to me, I got to speak to them. I got to say to them, I am redeemed. Hey, yeah, go shake I am redeemed. Bought back from, from the hand of the enemy. That means I am not in the hand of the enemy. He has no rights over me. He has no control. The control has been broken so when the devil comes in when he comes in you can stand up and said no 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 this is not your property this property is purchased this property is purchased by the blood of Jesus say so say so say so say I am redeemed say through the blood of Jesus I am redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Come on, lift your hand and give him the praise in this house. I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. I am redeemed. But not only that, but my family is redeemed too. I put the blood on the lintel of my family. When my little boy was born, when there was a gap in his brain, a gap in his brain. And the, and the doctor said he would 
never really walk. He would never really talk. And they said, look here, all we can offer is some therapy. You can come to Kingston for thousands of dollars and, and, and we'll try a thing. Listen to me. I took those documents and my wife and I, and we came out of there. And I, we begin to declare, whose report shall we believe? For this blood has redeemed us out of the hand of the enemy. So what I did every morning I would get up, anoint him with oil and declare over him, you shall walk, you shall talk, you shall walk, you shall talk by the blood of Jesus Christ that have redeemed, you shall walk and talk. He is eight years old, you know him. He is eight years old. He is walking, he is talking, he is, I'm telling you, I can't, he is my encyclopedia. And I'm not joking. Anything about animals, anything about dinosaur, you check him. He's the reference. Because by the blood, you have been redeemed from the hand of the enemy. He doesn't hold you. He doesn't control you. Oh God. The only control he can have is what you have given me. If you walk out of the house that have been covered by the blood, then you become vulnerable and susceptible to the enemy. But once you're in the house with the blood, let me hurry on, let me hurry on. Hallelujah. Now, my confession and application of the blood of Jesus is not only that I have redemption and I must say so, but I have cleansing. I have cleansing. Cleansing, constant cleansing by the blood. First John 1 and verse, um, verse 7 tell me, but if we are living, if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus cleanses us. Actually, the verbs there is in the continuous present tense. Continue. So he says, if you keep on Walking in the light. As he is in the light. You have fellowship one with another. Let me tell you, we can't have true fellowship one with another in the body of Christ. If we are not walking in the light. And what is the light? He says, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So if I walk in the light of the word, there is no way I can have fellowship one with another because the word explodes expose jealousy, backbiting, all kinds of conflict. The word explode, expose that. But exposure in itself is not necessary the riddance of. Nobody not hear me. Are you listening to me? I said exposure in itself is not the riddance of. God shows you something. And when he shows you something, it means that you must do something about what he has shown you. So he said, if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the light exposes every deficiency, every defects, 
And now what happened? Because we're in the light. Now we can apply the blood of Jesus to every defect. I know some of us, we're struggling with some things in our life. But all you need to do is to get in the light. Get in the light and get in the fellowship in the light. Because it's in that place that the blood of Jesus cleanses. Because the blood of Jesus doesn't cleanse in the dark. He who covers his sin shall not prosper. And the, the light of God comes not only to enhance your life, but it comes to reveal. It reveals, exposes. So when I keep in the word, oh God, Pastor Eben, don't have to tell me everything that is wrong about me. No, no, just get in the light, the light of God's word, the glory of God. As Isaiah got into that glory, he got into that light. So he could say, woe is me, for I am undone. You know, before that, Isaiah was a good preacher. Oh, oh, man. Man, he was prophesying like nothing. Prophesied five chapters already. And you would call him, man, this great prophet. But when he came into the light, first of all, he saw God. He saw God, his glory. But he also saw himself. He saw himself because you can't be in the light. Because light will always show you the true nature of things. Because if you never knew this building before, if you never knew this building before, and it was pitch dark, pitch dark, you cannot really describe what is here. Because you're in the dark. But turn on the light. Turn on the light. And then you'll see the true nature of things. You can't see your true self until light comes to you, until light dawns upon you. Are you listening? Then you will see the true you. Then you can make adjustment based on what you see. But if you are not seen, you can't make adjustment. He says, the blood of Jesus cleanses us in the light. So if you want cleansing, get in the light. Get in the light. Because sometimes we feel, oh man, I'm, I'm just the best thing since sliced bread. You know? And we, you know, we kind of, you know, wear a thing on our shoulder. But let me tell you, when you get in the light, all of a sudden, you're going to say, Lord, I need thee, oh, I need thee every hour. Oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus, I need you. Because the light exposes, you know, sometimes, you know, you've been used by God, man, and you feel like you're on top of the world. That's why no man of God, no man of God should ever be, uh, I, mean, uh, I mean, be idle in terms of the word of God and allowing the light of God to come to him. Because let me tell you something, I mean, popularity and what, uh, how God used you can get to your head that you don't deal with your spirit. Nobody not talking to me today. Are you listening to me? And especially when God using you all over the world and, and things are happening. And, and I had to come to that. God says, if you, want, if you want to see the expression of my power on your life, you better walk softly. Walk softly before me. Because all that you are is because of what I have done. And unless you're able to see yourself, you'll be hindered by you. Are you listening to me? 
So when I step in those stadium with 10, 15,000 people, I can't make it get to my head because sometimes it get to a head in such a way that God can't use us in where there is five. Nobody not talking to me today. And we get so highfalutin that we don't know how to be lawfalutin. Okay, sometimes you got to get lawfalutin. I make up words as I go along, yeah? This is the age of making up words. Oh, you don't know that. You know, sometimes you're reading all those um, internet things and you're wondering, what in the world is that? People changing up the word. Instead, I mean, D-double-L. When he first came out, I'm wondering, what in the world is D-double-L? Or L-O-L? Why are you looking at me like that? But God says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. So I must expose myself to the word constantly that I may be cleansed from it. So therefore, through the blood of Jesus Christ, as I walk in the light, it cleanses me from all sins. All sins. And, and we got to understand what this is talking about. And I got some time, I would have go deeper. But, but watch this, cleanse here. Because you see, I'm born again. I'm born again. Made brand new. How many of you know when you first, when you were born, you came with everything? Uh-oh. You came with everything. Unless there's some defect. But you came with everything. Nose, mouth, hands, kidney. Everything you came with everything you came with. But how many of you know that although you came with everything, everything is not developed for you to use it like you want? Because you now are babe and don't understand everything. And so the same, all truths are parallel. The same way when you are born again, you come with everything. Oh God. I said you come with everything, everything. You don't need no, nothing more. That's why the Bible says, and we'll talk about it, you are made perfect in Christ. Perfect. Because you came here perfect. You don't have to add anything to it. Perfect. But what is perfect in you needs development. And that's why some believers don't understand why things, you know, you make mistakes. How many of you know when, when, you, when your baby was born man, born and you, people, you were at the hospital or people came and man said, oh, what a lovely, wonderful, are you kissing up? Wonderful. But how many of you know that that same baby will do some things that are not pleasant? Huh? They'll pull, pull up themselves, pull. Are you listen to me? But what do you do when the baby pull? You say, man, this is, mm, this is horrible. Do you take up the baby and the poo and throw them outside and say, I have nothing to do because the poo does not define their humanity. Are you listening to me? And so we got to understand, we got to understand as we go in Jesus, there are things that will come upon us. There are things that we'll, we'll do that is that because we are not yet developed in those things. And that's why we got to humble ourselves, humble ourselves, so God can help to develop us. So he put parents in our lives. So with the poo, <laughs> you said, there is the bathroom. 
and you take them in and you, what do you do? What do you do? You cleanse them. You cleanse them. Are you listening to me? You wash them off. And when you're through with them, you put some powder on them. And all of a sudden, lovely, lovely all over again. And you forgot that they poo. Are you listening? For if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and what? Cleanse us. Soap us out. Put on some grace on us. And all of a sudden, we smell as if we have never done anything. That's justification. That's justification. As if we have never sinned. Oh God, amen. Ma, 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 ma. I bind that clock in Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name. I'm Joshua today. I'm Joshua. Son, go back. I'll, I'll do one, one more. There's seven, but I'll do one more. Through the blood of Jesus, we are what? Cleansed. There's a cleansing with the blood of Jesus. So I must confess by the blood of Jesus, through the blood of Jesus, I am cleansed from all sin and unrighteousness. I'm cleansed. Through the blood of Jesus, I am justified. Through the blood of Jesus, justification means to be made righteous. It also means to be acquitted. Not guilty. Reckon righteous just as if I have never sinned. Hallelujah. That's why Romans 5 and verse 9 tells us, and since we have been made right, justified in the sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. I am made right by the blood of Jesus. Right by the blood of Jesus. So when, when the enemy comes to accuse me. And how many of you know he's the accuser of the brethren? How many he comes and want to talk to your mind, talk to your spirit, and say, you ain't, you ain't, you, you're kind of saved, but not really saved. Are you listening to me? The accuser of the brethren. We have to understand that by the blood of Jesus, I am made righteous. I am made righteous. Are you listening? I'm not going to be righteous. I am made righteous. I stand righteous. Why? Because Isaiah 61, 61 verse 10 says it so beautifully. 61 verse 10. He says, I am overwhelmed with joy in the Lord. I am overwhelmed with joy in my God. For he has dressed me, dressed me with the clothing of salvation. That means under under garment. That means he cover the, the delicate spots of my life. I'm covered. I'm covered over here. The righteousness of God. God. He says salvation covers me from the delicate parts. And then he says, he says, and then he says, and I have robed you. Uh, I have, I have draped you in the robe of righteousness. That means he covers me. And I want you to understand this robe for, for, for the 
the garment of salvation is that which has salvage, that which was broken, that which was, was marred, is now salvage. And I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus on the outside. Righteousness now is a robe. And he described the robe as a bride, oh God, who is decked, ready for her wedding. Ready for her wedding. God says, I clothe you with righteousness. Getting you ready for a show. For if all my righteousness was like filthy rag and could not do anything. But praise God, he has now by the blood of Jesus robed me in this excellent robe. This majestic robe. This robe that when the devil points at me, all he can see is beauty and honor and glory. For the same glory, Jesus said, the same glory that I had with my father. He says, I have given you that glory. I am robed through the blood of Jesus. I am robed in righteousness. I am not, listen to me, I'm not, I'm not a sinner saved by grace. I was. But now I'm clothed. There's a beautiful garment that I wear now. A garment that speaks of Jesus and what he has done. He has now covered me over because he became sin for us who know no sin that I might become the righteousness of God. So when the devil comes and he wants to point on me and say you can't make it, you are this and you are that. I look him in his face. I said you, you are right. I was that. And such were some of you. Oh God. Such were some of you. But now, but now I wear the beautiful garment. There is no fault. There is no defect in this garment. I wear it proudly. I wear it because I know it's not by my working and by my power. I know this was given to me as a gift. And I make nobody derobe me. Are you listening to me? I, I walk in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. That righteousness that protects me. That righteousness that shows off who God is. That God is so rich in mercy. So rich in mercy. That while I was yet sinner, Christ died to restore me to a place of beauty. So I walk with that robe. So I have to confess, this is how I overcome the devil. Through the blood of Jesus, I am justified, made righteous. I want you to say with me, through the blood of Jesus, come on. Through the blood of Jesus, I am made righteous. Not going to be righteous. I'm made righteous. And this is a kind of confidence that I have to come back to the church. That's why he says, hold fast the confession. Hold boldly the confession. Why? If when, the, when, the, when the ear hostess says, buckle your seat belt. You know what? There's turbulence ahead. Buckle your seat belt. So when God says, hold fast your confession, it means it will be challenged. It will be challenged. And that's why in the challenge you have to stand up and say, through the blood of Jesus Christ, 
I am justified. I am, oh God, for who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is Christ who died. Yea, it is he who is raised from the dead and is seated at the right hand of God making sure, making sure that everything that was purchased becomes mine. So that's why Paul says a glory in the cross. A glory in that which was accomplished. I'm telling you God is bringing me back to the cross in such a way because sometimes the church miss it. They miss what really the great exchange. If I have time, another time, I talk about the great exchange. There was a great exchange. Great exchange. And I'm glad for that blood. So in the morning when you get up, declare with your mouth for you overcome him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of your testimony. Declare, I, through the blood of Jesus, I am made the righteousness of God. It protects you from walking in sin. It protects you. It protects you. That's why Jesus always stand up and he would declare who he is. He said, I'm the light of the world. I'm the son of God. What is he doing? He's sinking it in his consciousness of who he is. Because when you understand who you are, anything that is not you becomes incompatible. Sin is incompatible to me. That's why I get uneasy when it happens. I get uneasy. I can't sleep. I gotta, I gotta deal with it. Why? Just like when you have a thorn come in your flesh, it's not part of you. It's a foreign matter. So when it sticks you, it's a foreign matter, and everything inside of you, the little men, the little men, I call them little men, rush to the place and say, "We, we ain't having you inside here. You don't look like us." So when sin comes, it doesn't look like me. So I can't get comfortable. That's why I confess it. Are you listening? Because it's incompatible to who I am. Because I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Through the blood of Jesus, I am made righteous. And oh, because I'm made righteous, I can approach a righteous God without guilt or shame. Come on, lift your hands and begin to praise him in this house. Yeah. Come on. Lift your hands and begin to praise him. Come on, begin to praise him. Come on, begin to praise him like you mean it. Give him to praise him because you've been cleansed by the blood of Jesus. You've been redeemed. Hallelujah. Come on, come on. Give him praise. Come on, give him praise in the house. Give him praise in the house. He's a good God. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the blood. Thank you. What can wash away our sin? Nothing. Say nothing. A therapist can't wash it. Counseling can't wash it. Conversation with your spouse can't wash it, but the blood can.
Come on, lift your hands right there. Father, in Jesus' name, we receive the incorruptible word that is able to save our soul. Thank you, Father, for Bishop Samuels and the deposit that he has given to us today. That we have overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and by the words of our testimony. And today, Father, as we apply the blood, we will see breakthrough, change, deliverance, healing. We thank you for the blood in the powerful name of Jesus. Just right there where you are, you may be seated. Those of you who are watching, Here's my question to you today. If you died today, are you 100?